Welcome to The Emergent Human, where we explore optimizing health and body spirituality in post-conventional living. I'm Michael Osterlink, a therapist, coach, and educator, and I'm your host. A shout out to Daniel Luper from the Aperion Center for Human Potential, Epigenetics Academy. I work with Daniel in the Academy, and last week, he, using an NLP technique, got me to quit drinking coffee. It was a very interesting experience and has worked to date. So shout out to you, Daniel. Today's show is brought to you by Cosper Scafidi, an amazing body worker in the Northern Virginia area who has integrated various somatic practices into his work, including structural integration. To learn more about his work, you can visit Cosper's website at cosperscafidi.com. Today's guest is Paula Zwazwa, originally trained in business administration with a large experience in strategy. She had a lifelong interest in consciousness, sentient beings, and the origin root causes of health and well-being. She has developed particular interest in how our earlier experiences shape who we become and shape our health and how our genes mark and express. With the time she started swooping her experience in strategy and experiences on coaching managers and directors reach their business goals to coaching individuals on their own consciousness and well-being optimization. It wasn't enough for her, so she literally went back to school and got trained in, as a naturopath on epigenetics, functional medicine, consciousness and autobiographical modalities, and the most mind-blowing and close to her heart on pre- and perinatal psychology and health. Welcome, Paula. Hello, welcome, Michael, and thank you very much for, for the invite and for being here today. Quite welcome. I've been looking forward to this conversation because, as you know, we share the deep, deep interest in pre and perinatal psychology and health. But uh, before we go down that path, I'd love for you to explore with us the different modalities you explored because, you know, obviously quite a few different things that you have a lot of amazing training in from naturopathy to epigenetics, from functional medicine, conscious studies. So what are the different paths you took? What led you down those different paths? And ultimately, as a, a practitioner, how have you integrated those paths together? Okay, that's a long question. Where should I get started with? So um, I will start at that. Uh, what inspired me to start swapping from this uh, young, busy, fast world from automotive and strategy it was my own life experience and uh, actually my parenting. I had a lot of calls in my life, but I was ignoring them and uh, until I couldn't ignore them any longer. And uh, the more I would uh, dive into consciousness, into self-exploration, into our own biology to support health, I decided to go back to school. Yeah, so... So that's how I, I started studying naturopathy here in Germany. Let me ask you a question before you got into the naturopathy. What were some of the things that you're exploring for your own self-development that eventually led you to want to get a formal education? Okay, not to get too emotional. I, I will try to go through them very fast, but to stop me and it's fine if you want to, to, to dive deeper in any of them. But um, so I have give birth to T3 babies, and I have only two with me right now. And uh, it has been always difficult to pregnancies, um, always in the hospital, not because of my health, because of my pregnancy. Uh, and uh, that was bringing also early births 
and um, and with the consequences of health as well, the struggling and the difficulties not to grow but to thrive. Hmm. And um, I would not stop with the answers from the doctors. Good. Yeah, so I will keep on digging and exploring. And uh, one day I recognize that I should get started with myself <laughs> to better help and support my my own little ones. So long story short. Yeah, no, I love that. And now it explains uh, at least one of the reasons why you do a deep dive into pre and perinatal psychology. And that's such an important part of your practice as well. Um, you know, it's interesting because there, there are, would be a lot of people in similar positions as yours who wouldn't question the doctors, who wouldn't want to explore and find the answers for themselves. You know, what made you the type of person who would say, I don't, I don't accept what I'm hearing. I need to do a deeper dive. Were you always that kind of curious and questioning quote unquote authority? <laughs> My mom probably would say yes. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, somehow, yes, but, uh, but I have to admit that no. Actually, when it was about doctors, at least I come from a culture that uh, the doctors have hierarchy, yeah? And uh, you take what they tell you, you don't question that. And uh, to question and to, to, to look further, it's something that I start seeing more here in Germany when I moved to Germany. And I was surprised that uh, people would question doctors. And uh, that pushed me to, to, okay, me as well, and uh, bring that uh, rebel in me to, to don't keep, you know, just stop by the, that's the way it is, that it's normal because sometimes we normalize common things. Um, and, um, just to see yourself at yourself and see at your kids struggling, uh, that's the way it is. Is not an answer. It was not an answer for me. But when I look into the past, I was doing a lot of things on my own life that I was having no idea about. That I would, I would, I would have known it back then for a better health and well-being of myself and the one of my children. So your, your first formal step was becoming a naturopathic doctor. And you said that you studied in Germany. Is that accurate? That's accurate. Uh, but it was not the first thing. Actually, I first started in Aperon uh, studying epigenetics. So I became a certified epigenetic coach by Aperon. And uh, while studying epigenetics um, and start meeting with clients, I felt that I needed um, medical background somehow. And I started digging and I decided to, to go and study naturopathy. And at the same time, I started studying pre and prenatal psychology and health. So it was one thing saying it's not enough, I need more. There is an, another piece in this puzzle that, that needs to be here. And I kept on searching and looking, and that's how all these pieces start coming together. And uh, until the point that I felt comfortable. <laughs> so, did I hear you correctly that you were in naturopathy school and also studying pre and prenatal psychology and health at the same time? Yes. 
that's, that's very impressive because having had friends come through naturopathy school, that's pretty intense. I, I can't imagine them adding extra things to their you know, agenda of, of learning. So that, I'm really impressed with your ability to absor absorb so much information. Wow. I appreciate your knowledge because it was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, epigenetics from the Perion uh, naturopathy from a school in Germany. Um, but you also have other trainings as well, conscious on about modalities and some functional medicine things as well. Can you just touch upon some of the other trainings you've done? Yeah, well, I, I became a pre and prenatal educator by APMA. And um, I learned that there was a modality that I loved that is an autobiography, autobiographical uh, modality that is called in Spanish, Biografía Humana. And that was developed from an Argentinian woman, um, Laura Gutman, that it really hooked me into consciousness. It really hooked me. And uh, for my own self has been a very, very important step um, on my own consciousness, on my own story, on supporting my kids and to support my clients. And that was really combining perfectly and very beautifully with um, pre and perinatal psychology and health. So walk us through. So you have a lot of this amazing background. You're integrating all these various things together into your practice. Walk us through, like if you have, if I call you as a client, what would, what should I expect from how you show up and work with people? You know, what, 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 like when you explain what you do, do, how do you explain it? And how would you explain it to me as a client that, oh, I would work with you in such ways? And what issues do you work on that I might want to see you as a client? Those kind of things. Okay, so let's put it this way. Most of, um, most of my clients, let's say the ones coming from family dynamics, uh, some concerns about their children or their own, their own stories and their own health. I always work with a timeline and, um, and there's where I make a specific and very special care or on walking through the pre and perinatal uh, period of time. And uh, on that, I, I dive into a lot of education. So when somebody comes to me, I explained that we will walk through their timeline and we will start with their ancestors uh, to understand how everything starts developing. And then at the very beginning is where the education gets started, how epigenetically everything starts marking and printing something on a cellular level since we have been an egg from one side and, and sperm from another. <laughs> um, right. so, so that's how everything gets started. Now, is this with an, an individual client? Do you also work with like couples who want to become pregnant or are pregnant as well? That would be my ideal world. So most okay. of the people coming to me, they're already pregnant or they already have a baby or even toddlers. Um, ideally, I wish I would have much more clients coming before conception and said, I want to prepare for conception. Nice. 
I, I, I think that'd be wonderful, knowing the research on the benefits of actually preparing for conception and op optimizing your whole pregnancy and even post-pregnancy is so, so important. But, you know, what's interesting is, you know, I'm, I'm studying the field, you are an expert in the field and you teach in the field and operate from the field. A lot of people don't under, don't know a lot. So I wonder if you could just walk us through. So when you talk about talking about the ancestors and I would say like intergenerational transmission of information down the family line, that end up being, you know, having health consequences and behaviors. Could you talk more about that? So a listening audience would have a sense of what you might say to a client in terms of educating them on that process and, and that why it's important. Sure, Michael. So first of all, I would like to tell you that I like to meet my clients where they are at. Not everybody is ready to listen to such an information. And um, it's very important to be aware that just listening about this and getting this kind of information is opening windows of our own wounds, so to say, or unfulfilled um, needs that we are not even aware of. So that's, a, that's something that I, that I talk with my clients very carefully and uh, I go at their own pace. So, that being said, so everything we do, everything we think, we eat, we breathe, we drink, it's information. It's many things, but one of them is information, information to our bodies. We have an emotion, we have a thought, and already an orchestra of chemical reactions in our body is happening. And that is informing our body in one way or in another. And uh, until here, um, most of the audience can follow. So what is that information that we want to give to our body, to our cells, to our DNA that is constantly listening? Because in our bodies today, if we are in a fertile age, if we want to, to, or we are planning a baby, inside me, there is already this information, this cell gathering information and storing memories that one day in the near future will become my baby. So that's how the ancestors started because I myself was in the womb of my grandmother when my mom was in the womb of one my grandmother. I have been gathering already all that biochemistry, all that memories, and all that information from back then. And we can go beyond. <laughs> but that's that's a very tangible way to, to look at it in a very logical way. <laughs> to understand it and start digesting and say, okay, so what was happening back then? How was life then? Um, how, how was nutrition then? And from then we get started with, with our life. So let me ask you this. So 
Actually, I have two questions for you. I think you did a wonderful job explaining how you, you your egg is in the egg of your mother, who's in the egg, you know, is the baby of the of your grandmother, who's the mother of her of your mother. You know, so it's like you can see intergenerationally how that is transmitted just physically down the down the line. But you also mentioned sperm. And I think it'd be really important to highlight to any potential fathers out there listening or mothers to share with their their husbands. Um how important it is for the for them to be thinking about the health of the sperm pr way prior to conception. Can you speak to a little bit about that as well? Wow, yes. <laughs> well, we could start we can get started with uh, childhood because even even the life the life cycle of a sperm is much shorter than than an egg. Mm. Um what will be happening uh, fertile-wise uh, or on the development of the sperms in the future, it's uh, highly impacted on what is happening to us when we are children, what we are eating. Are we having this um, standard American diet? And uh, um, afterwards, if, if you want, I can share with you some studies uh, on this regard. And, uh, and so everything started back then. So when we are parents and, uh, and we have kids and we have boys, <laughs> we, it's something also to take care of. Now we are grownups. What happened already did happen. You still have this cellular memory, cellular information that you're bringing to your body with what you eat, what you breathe, the, what you encounter. But another role that I find very valuable, super valuable uh, on the father um, point of view is that what the father is bringing into the environment of the mother and the baby has a huge impact as well on this biochemistry. So it's, it's, um, it's a union, it's a fusion, you know? And I like, I like this, this word of fusion because it assembles me as well this moment in which the egg and the sperm, two different cells, they merge. And for the first and only time in our lives, we merge to become one, and then we multiply to be these trillions and billions of cells that right. Uh, right. it's us. I like the imagery of that. I have to give more thought to that. I love that. It's two as one, and then one is a multiplicity of trillions over time. Um, so, you know, it, for you and for me in this space, it's obvious. Okay, so what the mother eats and what the father eats, and environmental factors such as you know any pollutants or chemicals or and pesticides, herbicides, all those things can have an influence both on the sperm of the father and the eggs of the mother, and then obviously when the when the mother's conceiving and pregnant, all those things have an effect because they can go through the placenta and affect the baby. But one thing I'd like you to talk more about is the interpersonal dynamics and how important that is to consider. So it's not just physical health, in quotes, but it's also you know, mental, emotional health, not only of the mother, but between the mother and the father as well. Can you speak a little bit more to that? And that brings back to the, the, the last comment that I was um, exactly. referring to. And, uh, and of course, I mean, uh, when, when we have fear, when we are watching a movie, when we are happy, our heart rate is changing, right? 
um, our breathing is changing. And uh, that is just a, something that we can perceive that is happening in our body. And that is a tiny thing, but it's an orchestra of biochemistry, a lot of hormones and neurotransmitters are taking place in all this emotional environment where we put ourselves in, mm. consciously or unconsciously. And um, when we are planning to conceive or we are pregnant or we are, have, or, or we are already there with our baby, this, this intimacy, this, this nucleus with the mom and the baby is protected by the father or the partner or the mom or the friend or whoever is there with this mother and with this baby. Right. I love that. So <clears throat> it really does take a village <laughs> to, you know, it, the people around a pregnant mother do play an important role in the psychosomatic health of both the mother and the baby, which is, you know, really important for us to think about it collectively as in our cultures. Like, how do we do that and how can we do that better? But let, let's talk about, you said, let's just assume for the moment you have a client who comes to you and that they're already in their 30s and 40s. You know, they're not pre-pregnant. They're not pregnant. They're just, you know, in, a single individual wanting to work with you. And you do this, you, you do the intake and you find out a lot about their experience, their mother's experiences of them while they're, while they're inside the womb. And I, I would, I would imagine you'd find out if they're vaginally birthed and breastfed and all those things like that. Is that accurate? Yes, that's very accurate. And I'm not forget to mention um, the microbiome. When yep. I'm listening to a client's story, I'm always thinking as well, what is happening with the life of this microbiome? Nice. That's right. Yeah. So I'd love for you to do a deeper dive in the microbiome, but let me ask, let me just follow <laughs> up with that for my last question on you. Um, so let's just assume like you have a client and, and you, you observe that they are, they are seemingly always in a sympathetic activated state and you can track, you know, there might be historical times in their biography where they suffered trauma and, and they did not receive the help that they needed. So that might've contributed to or caused more deepening of a sympathetic activated state. But I, I would imagine you can track it because of your background in prenatal psychology and health, possibly to a womb experience. You know, their, their mother felt threatened, the energetics went into the baby and, and the baby was born in a defended way. And then you can see it show up in the history of their life. Is that something that you do notice and seen in people? Yes, yes, I do. And not always I mention it. Okay. I see it, but I'm not always say it, at least not right away. Because as I said, not everybody's ready to listen to that kind of, of information. Right. So I perceive it. I take my notes, my mental notes, and I write it down. And when the right moment comes, I try to start um, bringing that up. And I... I go very carefully and I go very slowly as well. And this would be probably a good time to talk about the neuroflexibility of the brain. The fact that, you know, you can be working with a 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 year old, however old they may happen to be, who has suffered trauma in utero or, you know, or multiple times since in utero. And the fact that you can actually help them turn, you know, to lessen 
the sympathetic activation and, and teach them how to, you know, be more parasympathetically activated, more relaxed, less in a like scanning the environment for out of, out of fear and, and, and lack of safety. You know, how might you work with someone more psychotherapeutically or psychospiritually as well as physically to help, you know, take them from a sympathetically activated state, wherever it came from, and teach them how to, you know, downregulate that? Because um, as you know, and you probably teach this, you know, if you walk around in a sympathetic activated state for long periods of time, there are lots of consequences, immune function consequences, cognition consequences, you know, all those things like that. So can you walk us through like what you might do for a client in that state? So, so first of all, I don't work psychologically. I, I, at least I don't, I don't feel that I, of course I'm touching psychologically, but I'm focused more on the spiritual part of them whatever spirituality means for the people Got it. and i work a lot on the conscious level because nice. and, and that's what where the seat is taking place yeah so so once i'm allowed and once we can start diving into these uh, waters that are very scary most of them most of the times for most of the people and that's why they reject those ideas many times. Um, but when they are in the point to, to listen, the, the work is, is to knowing your own story. So this is our nature. This is our wisdom, our innate wisdom. And the story of your life events, the story of your ancestors has been going in this way. And then the client themselves start recognizing these distances of what we come into this world expecting to receive and what has been actually been there. And this distance is full of um, hormones, <laughs> neurotransmitters, fear, stress, until we meet our avatar and uh, this protective self and we start ruling our lives like this. And that's how we choose partner. That's how we choose a job. That's how we choose how to relate with others. And that's how one day in time, our body is screaming us to please do something about it. I love that spiritual approach. That sounds really, really interesting. Um, can you add to that? Because you mentioned the microbiome. And I know you, there are other aspects of your coaching work because you're well-versed in epigenetics. You're well-versed as a functional medicine doctor in naturopathy. So talk a little bit about how the microbiome plays a role in your work and then touch upon some other things that you integrate into your work with any particular client from nutrition or whatever you might do. Well, um, we have as many genetic information from our microbiome as from our own, or even more. Um, once has been thought that we've been born sterile. Now we know it's not true. <laughs> so when I listen to, to the stories and I listen to nutrition, I listen to symptoms and uh, medications, I listen to stress, I listen to 
to, to over hygienic environments, then I'm thinking, oh, poor little friends, <laughs> we're pushing them away. And, uh, and surprisingly, that lack of uh, diversity and healthy microbiome is also affecting our psych, our behavior, our feeling. So our feelings, I mean. Yeah. So, so microbiome for me, it's always, always there. Even for my kids, I, right. I, take, I take very much care. Well, what for culture I'm buying or I'm putting in the yogurt that I make for them to eat. Dairy free, by the way. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I believe it. Uh, that's that's wonderful because uh, as we learn more and more of the importance of a healthy microbiome, it's uh, good to hear you're, you're implementing, even especially in your own personal life with your family, what you know that you're helping your clients do as well. Um, where can people learn more about your work? Well, they can they can visit my webpage. Okay. Paramaswasma.com. They can go to my Facebook or Instagram page, Passet Epigenetics, or they can just give me a call and I will be very happy to have a short chat with them and uh, to answer any of their questions. The important part of this is that my work is very individualized. So if somebody goes to my information, um, it's very generalized because it's very hard to to tailor every single person in a web page. So exactly, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I think that's a really important point you just made, and it makes sense. You know, everyone's bio bio individualized. Everyone's unique and different. So your approach with them with any one individual will be different than any other individual. Um, now, are you presently located in Germany, or where are you presently? Yes. Are you capable of working with non-German or people not in Germany, clients like in the States and Canada and the rest of Europe? Most of my clients are not in Germany. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. 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 So, you know, if people listen to this and they want to reach out to you, they want to work with you, they don't necessarily have to be in Germany. They can be anywhere across the globe then. That's with internet access. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, I have clients in Dubai, in Qatar, in London, in Switzerland, in Belgium. So I have a very uh, international agenda on my okay. daily Yes. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Paula, thank you so much. It's been really interesting having this conversation with you, and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Michael. It's been very nice talking to you. <laughs>